All right, welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Public Classroom. I am Swan, one of the Chihuahua Bats. I'm actually here today with the other crazy Chihuahua Bat, Mala. And uh, we're together in the studio, uh, still in Wisconsin, enjoying the beautiful scenery. Um, we are both retired teachers. And when we retired, we decided to take up our passion. Mala's passion is art and uh, painting. And uh, she uses a palette knife, so you got to get that distinction in there. And she's actually quite good. She exhibits at the gallery, Art on 12, in Wimberley. So say hello. Hey, everybody. Come visit me in Wimberley. <laughs> I have a wall. Yeah, yeah. She's way famous. She's got a wall. And so after retirement, I took up my passion, which is I wanted to advocate for educators everywhere still struggling in the classroom. And um, I also like to write. And so in 2019, I published my first book called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, and this highlights a five-year period of my career where I was in just utter chaos in my physical space where I was asked to teach. It was kind of the perfect storm that year, and um, the one thing, and, and actually I was working with Mala, thank God, uh, because had I been isolated and tried to do it by myself, I think I would have left the profession, so that's the first lesson, never isolate yourself, and um and always remember, no matter where you are, you're you're going to run into some chaos to trouble. That's just the way the world is, and that you always have a choice. You can step up and become part of the solution, or you can just sit around and complain. And uh, we chose to step up. Uh, we think that you can use humor to get out of a lot of horrible situations, which, thank God, the Breakfast Club kept me sane. And uh, we uh, we just sort of learned success is really up to you. So if you find yourself in chaos and don't know what to do, uh, Memoir Bichuawa Bat might just be the medicine you need. You can find it on Amazon or on my webpage at chihuahuabat.com. So I'll do a little disclaimer uh, is that as we're uh, podcasting, we, of course, we're looking on the McCann River. And so uh, we're bird watchers now, lots of wildlife, and uh, we'll see kayakers, and so we already see someone coming down, so pardon us. The dogs may bark, but life goes on. Um, so this uh, podcast takes me back to the series where I interview teachers in their journey in education, what led them to even become a teacher, and how did you begin, and where did you end, and actually, my guest today is Mala. She has an incredible journey in teaching, and uh, I always love to hear her stories, especially in the beginning. Um, so I want to ask you, before we get into sort of your timeline, what led you into teaching? Did you always want to be a teacher? Well, it's really funny when uh, I was one of three girls in the family, and I was by far the oldest, about seven years in between us, and I taught my younger sisters to read because we used to play school, and uh, and they really did. They learned to read before they even went into first grade, which was good and bad, because oh. they, you know, knew a little bit too much. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> then after that, I babysat a lot, like everybody else, and I found out I really have a niche with uh, telling kids what to do and playing with them and, and making them have fun. 
And then uh, the real, I guess, clincher was when I was part of a Red Cross group that did, that went from, this would be in high school. I went from, we went as a group from camp to camp teaching beginning swimming. Ah. Uh, with, it was a Red Cross program and I loved it. So when it was time to go to college, I went to, a, at that time, it wasn't the University of Tennessee. I went to the smaller school, which was University of Middle Tennessee. And the irony now is the University of Middle Tennessee is bigger than the University of Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So I went to that uh, smaller college and they, I, I, I felt like, and so did, so did my counselor, that they were at that time a very good teacher's college. Oh, okay. So that's my journey. Wow. All right. So. You graduate college. Do you student teach? Yes. Yes, I did. At that time, I had an elementary degree. Oh, I remember Okay. This. I did have an elementary degree. And also, I went ahead as a major. I did history and Spanish, uh, you know, like the double major yeah. thing. And then, of course, uh, education. And uh, so I ended up that I could teach you know, elementary and a course with Spanish, that that's high school at that time. Sure. There was no elementary Span, you know, no. Spanish. Uh, so here we go. My so my student teaching was in elementary, and uh, unfortunately, I had a very not very creative uh, teacher. Okay, and. Uh, she was very frustrated with me, and uh, she gave, <laughs> yeah, she gave me, there was one little boy, now this is Tennessee, that was in her class that was way, way underachieving. Uh-huh. So what she did, I think really to get rid of me and to get rid of the responsibility <laughs> oh of this little kid, uh-huh. you know, and I think this was, oh man, I think, I think it was like fifth grade. It was. It was fifth grade. Okay. And uh, so I spent my mornings with this little boy in the uh, library. Okay. And I made up units. Make It made me make up units because he was so not on grade level. And, uh, but here's the irony. She wrote up that I was very, very good one-on-one, but I wasn't very good in the classroom. Wow. And what made me feel bad is I never did the whole class because she sent you out because she sent me out so I felt like you know um who cares about her I did not really respect her teaching style or the way she treated me so it didn't hurt me but it I thought wow if somebody Mm -hmm. didn't really want to be a teacher she could she's a killer yeah yeah she would have killed that desire because everything was very rote very strict Uh, the kids, you know, it was the row thing, keep your hands to yourself, that kind of stuff. Wasn't much laughter. Sad. It it was sad. So, um, and what was, she was well thought of. Oh, scary. Yeah. Because she was real high in the teacher, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess union or whatever it was. And so the university, she talked a good game. But mm-hmm. didn't really walk the walk. Yeah. Didn't walk the walk. And, and that was the picture quite often yeah. back then. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. So you leave student teaching, first teaching job. Okay. The first teaching job, 
I went to Belle Glade, Florida. Belle Glade is a sugar cane migrant camp type place. And it was sort of like an adventure because my husband also uh, got a job working for Florida Sugar. He was in accounting. So uh, very rough. I was in a portable and uh, at first no air conditioning in, you know, Florida. And the water fountains weren't uh, refrigerated. refrigerated. No, no. (laughs) And, and we, you know, to go to the cafeteria or go to the library, go anywhere, we had to walk outside our building and go into the main building. And my first job was, believe it or not, first grade. And um, that's a whole, whole lot different than fifth grade. Big time. Big time. You know, every 10 minutes, you've got to have something going. But my clientele were little migrant kids and mostly black and a few very... Um, and when I say lower class, I'm saying they did not have economically, economically okay. lower class. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I want to say. Okay. And so that was a different clientele that honestly, I really knew nothing about. Uh, when I knew they never had picked up a scissors or they didn't have crayons or markers or uh, definitely hadn't done any kind of pre you know, school things at all. And uh, certainly did not know how to play together. And um, because they didn't know the cultural rules. I know that sounds weird, but but they just didn't know. They certainly didn't know how a classroom would be. So your first lesson was like social, social skills. Yes. Before you could even teach. Yeah, exactly that. Thank you. That's a good way to to analyze it. Okay, so the first thing I do is uh, I figure out what they know, which is not, you know, they don't even know how to uh, do uh, skills with their hands, you know, so they didn't, so we did the what they called the frostic program, which was just making circles on the board, just getting them so they were ready to use that pencil or crayon. And uh, it sounds like, wow, Cheryl, you weren't really teaching a lot, but oh, I learned real teaching. <laughs> yeah, I really learned from the other teachers there. Yeah, you know, they I said, well, what do I do today? They they, they can't do this and they can't do that. Now, where do I go? And uh, wonderful, wonderful help there as a young teacher. I wish they had been my, well. They were, they were my teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were, uh, you know, that bit in college. Kind of mentors. Yeah, yeah, didn't count really as far as a practice teaching. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, it, was the, it was the real world. Yeah. So uh, I got a lot of parents to come in and help. Uh, we um, uh, had a great big, I got a great big table for the reading table so I could have them with me as much as as much and not put them on, you know, in their desk alone doing something while I, did another group. I tried to keep them close to me as much as possible so I could see where they were, what they were doing, also to stop the fighting. And, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, you know, and, and in a nice way. Right. Instead of just constantly disciplined. And that way I could present something positive. Oh, wow. You know, look, wow, you did this. Show so-and-so what you did. You know, teaching them how to share and to do other things. Hey, you know, you got that red crayon, you know, you, why don't you give it to so-and-so because right. it's really a beautiful color, blah, blah, blah. 
but uh, those were the things that I did then. Then, um, uh, can I interject? I'm, I'm assuming that maybe they didn't get praise for things like that in your home environment. No, no. So no. you were actually teaching that. No, and uh, I'm glad you did that because I was going to move on to That's something, right. and I want to I want to tell people what yeah. really happened to me. I had a little girl, and she was a little black girl, and uh, she was from one of the camps. And uh, she would just oh, scream, yes, yes, yes. guys, just scream. And honest to God, she scared me because I didn't know how to stop it. If something happened that disturbed her, she'd just go and scream and scream. And I had a wonderful principal. God bless him. He would come in and I said, can you just take Ann for a walk? Because I can't handle her with, with all these kids. So he would just walk her, you know, just walk her around and take her outside because I told you we're in a portable. So she, he could just walk with her. When she calmed down, come in. And we talked, the principal and I talked, and I said, you've got to investigate what is going on in this child's home. Right. So he went to the camp. And the first thing he did, he knocked on the door. Remember, these little huts are on stilts. We're in, we're in southern Florida in the glades. Okay, so you have a lot of swamp, you have sugar cane, you have everything. Okay, alligators, snakes, yeah. everything. Okay, stuff. you know, and yeah. Okay, so he knocks on the door and Ann comes to the door. This is a story he tells me, the principal. And he, he knocks on the door and Ann said, there's a man at the door. And the mother yells, well, send him in. And Ann says, he's not that kind of a man, mom. Wow. So right there tells you Chelsea. the story. Uh-huh. So anyway, so he comes in and they talks with the mother and she says, Well, you just tell me when Ann misbehaves, because I'll just stuff her in a mattress. Now she wasn't kidding. No. She meant no. It. Wow. All right, here's the hut. Ooh. The mattress is on the floor. Mm. There's not a sheet on it. Mm. Okay. There's no there's no air conditioning. No. You know, it, it's a communal, you know, bathroom that they all go out and go to the bathroom, you know, in a, and wow. and maybe shower. I don't get to shower. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a very, very uh, rustic, rustic deal. Mm. So he comes back and tells me that. And I said, OK, thank you. That gives me hope that I can maybe do a change. Uh -huh. So little by little, Anne would be my assistant always. And when I saw that anybody was going to perturb her, yeah. I would send her, hey, uh, why don't you sharpen the pencils? You know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Uh -huh. You know, some little job may not be sharpened pencil. Right, it might be erase, erase the board, you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, so she had a sense of, of worthiness. Worthiness. Yeah. 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 I was going to say importance, well, but, it, but it's not importance. It's worthiness. She was worthy. Yes. And, uh, and the kids of course liked her better because she didn't scream all the time, right. you know, wow. and fight. So, uh, that wow. was one thing I'll never forget. I'll wow. stuff her in a mattress. Wow. wow. I'm thinking what a hard situation to walk into, but yeah. I'm also thinking you probably learned the most from oh, that. I did. I learned to teach. About teaching the whole child. Yeah. Oh, know? and one other, I yeah, got go one other story real quick. <laughs> there was a little boy that was always sleeping in my class. It's real sweet, but always sleeping. Yeah. So I sent this wonderful principal to figure out what was wrong with him. 
and he would go into a movie theater and sleep all night. Oh, my gosh. Now, guys, first grade. First grade, all by himself. All by himself. Wow. First grade, so he wouldn't have to go home. Oh, how horrible. Yeah. How horrible. So there's things. I This is the lesson I learned, even for yeah. high school students. Oh, yeah. Where I used to tell them, keep your garbage at the door. Come in. You're safe. It's right. a good it's a good thing to be here. Right. That's what I that's what I learned from that that particular instant. When you come in here, this is your place to learn and to have a good time and you're safe. Yes. So that's what I learned uh, from that experience. So okay. then head start. Okay. Head start, yes. In Bell Glade. Bell Glade's still there. Okay. This is one of the first head starts. Yeah. This was in 1968. And um, I had an aide, uh, and she was a, a black young woman, uh, and this. not very. And she was the aides weren't educated. You no. know, they just took uh, young women that were that needed work. Mm -hmm. You know, she needed work, mm -hmm. and uh, very pleasant. But okay, sort of her own discipline theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't understand the law. No. You know, so I remember she said, uh, well, you know, this child wouldn't listen to me. Of course, it's head start. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you come know, on. They're, kid, they're babies. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm just going to take my shoe off and whopping one. I said, <laughs> no, we're not whopping. You know, this is a, we're not allowed to whop, you know. We can't hit the children. No, you cannot hit the children. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, but uh, but she helped me, you know, button their buttons and do the, take yeah. them to the restroom and do the neat things that, that I didn't have time to do. But uh, one just beautiful thing that happened. We were in the cafeteria because they fed them breakfast and lunch. And uh, we go to the cafeteria for the first time and all these little guys are lined up and they're all, their eyes are just looking at me all the time. Okay. Now at that time, uh, I'm the white lady. You, you stand know, out. I stand out <laughs> and they've never really been around a white lady, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, so they're looking at me, not too sure of, what I do or who yeah. I am, uh, but I'm somebody different and in their eyes, important, you yeah. know, because I'm the leader of the pack. <laughs> and uh, so I sit there and I pick up my fork and I look and 18 little people pick up a fork because they're not used to forks. They have no idea what to do with it. What they? to do with it. Uh -oh. And so I stick the fork into, uh, might have been sausage, whatever, <laughs> you know. I pick it up, and everybody's doing exactly what I do. When I do the napkin, <laughs> oh they're gosh. doing exactly what I do, you know, because they don't have napkins. They're not wiping on their, wiping on their sleeve, you know. They're sure they're doing that, you know. Oh and and uh, so I think, okay, this might work for me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can teach this. <laughs> I, this is a good thing, you know, because you know I really and had started at that time. I've got news for you guys. There was no curriculum. Nope. Nope. There was no books. There was nothing. Uh -uh. So I used my, my experience from the first grade where they, you know, were getting used to scissors and crayons and all that. I used that, that information for Head Start and it worked beautifully. But, and of course we had our story time. We sort of had a nap time, but you know, not really. Yeah. Uh, we went out to the playground. They never had playground equipment. And I had a couple little white kids in the group. This is this is my story, and I'll never forget it. Okay, I had one 
you know, you always have one that you just, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the know. one I look at, you know. <laughs> His name was Rufus, and he was a little black kid. And uh, he got on the jungle gym, and, you know, I said, be careful, you know, forget it. They're not going to listen to you, you know, but you just stand there with your aid, and you think, well, okay, I'm there. Maybe I can catch him, maybe, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. whatever. Well, he fell, and he got up, and I said, well, hey, you know, uh, how are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I said, well, okay, uh, you know. Yeah. All right, the little white kid went up there, did the same thing as Rufus, because Rufus was a leader, of course. Yeah, of course. Does the same thing, tries to do a Tarzan thing or whatever. He falls, starts crying, needs needs the colored Band-Aid, <laughs> needs oh to have gosh. his hand kissed, oh you know, the whole gosh. shot. Rufus is looking at him like he's from <laughs> another planet. So I'm thinking, wow, well, big difference big here. Big difference here, yeah. Big oh, difference here, you know, gosh. but it was sort of funny. Of course, Rufus is also the one that took my wallet and threw it in the lateral canal, you oh, know. Of course yeah. he did. Yes. And um, I had to change everything, but that's that's another story. And whatever happened, happened, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it was a, like a proving thing. Okay, here's the story. Okay. All right, I'm, tell, I'm reading a book to okay. them. I forgot, some kid's book, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people from Washington are coming down to analyze one of the first Head Start programs in the migrant camp area of Florida. No pressure there. No pressure there. She (laughs) walks in. The first thing Rufus says, wow, look at her tits. (laughs) I nearly died. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm barely 23 years old. (laughs) My God. And I'm saying... I said, let's go back to the book, you know. <laughs> Don't give it credence, right? Yeah, yeah. you know. Just and that. the lady, it didn't faze her a bit. Thank goodness. She, she knew what, uh, what I was up against. She knew exactly. She had been there, done there, oh, done God. it. Thank goodness. You know, and I loved her for that because I didn't want, you're like you say, to, to yeah. you know, I was on trial with those guys. Yeah. They were I, watching you. Uh, yeah, they were watching me, you know. And he was, Rufus was smart. You know, he knew how to play the game. Yeah. So a little bit too smart for his age, of course. Oh, well, yeah. But anyway, uh, later on in this reading deal, the lady was gone and everything. Rufus said, what's wrong with you, uh, you know, Mrs. Pritz? And I said, what do you mean, Rufus? Okay, or ma'am. He didn't ma'am. say yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Pritz. He said, ma'am, ma'am what, what's what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't, what are you talking about? He says, all those dots on your body. He'd never oh. seen freckles. <laughs> and, and remember we had no air conditioning. So we wore shorts, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it, it was very hot in those rooms, yeah. even with fans and windows. But anyway, so he came up, you know, they were all seated on the floor and he came up, <laughs> my legs were crossed and he rubbed my legs to feel my freckles. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I feel them. Oh, and I, I thought God. to myself, well, kid, I probably didn't shave Save my, my legs. Leg. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, you know? Yeah, let's, that's it, another story. It, that's another story right there. But uh, it was another learning year. And man, oh, man, I lo- those kids just fell in love with all of them, yeah. you know. Yeah. And here's the secret. I know what you're going to ask me, Susan. What, what makes... You love T 
teaching or good at teaching or being a good teacher. Yes. Love the kids. Yep. Know your subject area and yes. love it. Yeah. Love what you are doing because it's not easy. Oh, heck no. And they throw so much so much at you that you've got to just roll with the punches yes. and learn. Try to get with good people <laughs> that you, that are good teachers. Forget about the others. Yeah. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of good. But just forget about them. Don't even go to the, the faculty room with them. No. No. Just be with the good ones. That's why we did the Breakfast Club. Yes. And just learn from them. Right. Uh, ask them. Okay, be humble. I mean, my gosh, this is what happened to me today. How do you like that one? Yeah. Or this is my success. I'd like to share it with you. This is what works for me, you right. know. Right. So as I talk through this, I want you to keep your mind on those three things I told you. Love the kids. Love your subject area. Love what you do. And love, yeah, and get with people that right. are positive and creative. Perfect. Okay. All right. So you leave the glades, and now you go to, uh, let's see, right here, uh -huh. Appleton. This is one of your favorites. I've heard you talk okay. about Appleton, Wisconsin. All right. Well, I will tell you what. You pay for what you get. That's true. You do. You know, hate to say this. I'm a Texan, you know, through and through, and a Tennessean through and through. What? They have a big state tax here in out in Wisconsin, and they're smart people because they put it in their schools. Yep. It's not education. Support education. It's not just you know lining some po politicians' no. pockets. Right. And it it shows. Oh yeah. So I start in Appleton. But before I do, I've got to get another certification. Every state. <laughs> yeah, wants their own piece of paper. Right. But in this one, I went ahead and I did more in Spanish. And I did uh, more in uh, high school and middle school. Because I just, you know, wanted to go there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I started in a middle school, in okay. a junior high in <laughs> Appleton. Had my own room, had a wonderful budget. That's unheard of. Unheard of. I could order books. Wow. Uh, I could order, at that time, films, because wow. we did films. Yeah. You know, I had a wonderful library that I could get books from. So I had all the utensils to be very creative. Yes. I also had two wonderful mentors, one a French teacher, one a Spanish teacher. Mm -hmm. And from that... From them, I went to uh, good um, workshops that I learned a lot. I also uh, went to Concordia Language Village oh, up, in, up in Bemidji, Minnesota. And I will tell you, I learned and, and of course, shared with Susan, the yes. Chihuahua Bats, yes. so many of those units. Now, what we did in the classroom... In Bemidji, they did for real. Absolutely. You know, because they could. It was a camp. Yeah. And it was... A total immersion, total right? Total immersion. It was, it was run by the Concordia Language uh, Program at Concordia Lutheran Universities all over. Yeah. We even have one in Texas. You know, we have one in Texas. Uh, but say you had a market 
they really had a market where they <laughs> bought and sold. True. Say you had the Spanish Armada. We built an Armada and had a fight out in the lake. Cool. Okay. Uh, say yeah. you had to cross a border. We crossed a border going into another language village, the German cool. language village. We had to change our money. We had to go to the Aduana. <laughs> we had to do the whole shot. Uh, that say, sounds familiar. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does sound familiar. Yeah. We did that. yeah okay. The market. Yeah. We did uh, uh, cooking, all kinds of cooking classes. We did dance. And this is all familiar. We did all this stuff in our classroom, believe it or not. Yeah. We'll talk about that we'll later. Talk about later. Yeah. Okay. So Appleton was an incredible experience for me, and I was there eight years. Okay. So um, what can I say? That I brought also with me when I moved to San Antonio and to Carvajal. Yeah. All right. This I came right before all the teachers were hired. It was in the mid-fall, so there was no position for me. And, of course, I'm leaving because my husband is being transferred constantly with his work. Right. So I go to Carvajal. What they need is an ESL teacher. <laughs> so I know I tell them, okay, I'm a, I'm a temporary, okay, for that year. But say I'm going to do ESL in the summer right. at uh, the university there in Appleton. Mm -hmm. uh, I start... And again, I'm in a um, portable. Portable. There we go. I have an aide, but this time this aide is fabulous. She's had some training. She's had a high school education. She loves the students. She is, uh, she looks the part. She dresses the part. She looks very nice. And this is so good as a role model for my kids. They put me in an alt alternate remedial program, which is a program that says these kids can't pass any tests. We want to put them somewhere so it doesn't hurt our scores. That's <laughs> I remember what it, this. That's days. what it is. So it's, yeah. a, it's a one room schoolhouse. It was, yes. So I had fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in one big room. Right. So what we had to do but what I had to do first was to level them to see where they were in reading and math. Right. Forget about science. Forget about anything else. That those are the those are the biggies. <laughs> now Texas. Now remember, I love Texas, yes. but, but I did not love this. Right. I was not allowed to teach them from any book, but on their grade level. They tested at maybe first grade reading level. All of them. Wow. So my wonderful aide took first grade books because other teachers knew my dilemma and, yeah. and took care of me. Mm -hmm. they, she actually ran, ran off books for me, units from those books. And that's where we had to start teaching. And I would be in one area as the teacher and she would be circulating from group to group depending on their level of mm -hmm. proficiency mm -hmm. and she would uh give them little things to do and of course you know i had planned some things with her help and uh for them to do like certain maybe they would do some writing maybe they would do a little bit of reading with her listening okay. but i was the one at that table doing the teaching there was nothing stand up and teach row to row 
So, uh, and I learned that, guys, from my first great experience in Belle Glade. That's right. And I had some wonderful things happen, and I had some very sad things happen mm-hmm. during that year. I'm going to start out with the wonderful things. Okay. My husband had a very good job at that time. And I noticed my kids were coming to school with very dirty underwear. So we, he gave the school a washer and dryer. And my wonderful aide, who became very close to them, like a sister, right. could actually intervene and, and, and clean. And we got, of course, some other underwear and such. We had, yeah. you know, things, things to give them. So that was the sad thing. Aww. Okay. A wonderful thing was my husband gave us the money to go to a museum there in San Antonio. Ah, yes. They loved it. The weird thing was two (laughs) of my fifth graders broke into the museum and spent the night there. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, but everything was okay. I mean, we took, we took care of it. They didn't hurt anything. They were just there to be. They just loved it. (laughs) They just wanted to be with the dinosaurs, you you know. There you go. Didn't hurt a thing, so everything went over really good there. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah. The sad thing is, one of my uh, fifth graders, who should have probably been like an eighth grader, to be honest with you, in age, oh, yeah. you know, had been raped. Oh, so that was a, a an issue, right. you know, with the police and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that was a sad thing. And child abuse was handled a lot differently then than yes, you would it handle was. it now. Yes, that it was. was a, yes, it was. A program that grew and evolved, sadly. Exactly. And then, uh, fun thing was, <laughs> you know, remember I told them, re- I taught them reading and math. That yes. was so important so they could at least get back into a classroom again, a real yeah, one. Yeah, poor guys. And uh, so... Uh, we went to, thanks to Bob again, my husband sent us to um, SeaWorld. And that's right when SeaWorld started. Brand new. Yeah. Brand new. And they loved the map that was painted on the on the cement. <laughs> yeah. So we came back and <laughs> from uh, Tafoya Middle School, I got, I got to their uh, auto shop and they had a bunch of leftover paint. So the gym teacher... Myself, my aide, and the reading teacher helped me paint uh, the American map and all the states on the playground. So they could literally step from state to state and learn the states and the capitals because in those tests, Susan, they ask, a lot about geography. Yeah, right. So I thought, well, at least... They need to see it. They need to see it. Yeah. So that was a positive thing. That's cool. I remember that story. And another positive... And the principal loved that, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the principal is going to write me up on that one. Yeah. But... Okay. But... Yes. When, uh, you know, the higher-ups came in to evaluate this illegal program, really. Mm-hmm. I think it was illegal. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got by with it some way. But they loved that idea, and they loved the idea of getting those kids back in that classroom as quick as they could, you so know. There you go. So, uh, you know, I was a winner there. Perfect. And anyway, uh, but this teaches you, too. You're going to get some hits. Oh, Yeah. You're going to get yep. some hits and you've got to, you know, you're going to have to say why you did it yes, and why not. And again, uh, I had asked the vice principal about it and mm-hmm. she, she was for it. And uh, it's, 
you know, a little, politics, so, there. A little politics there. Cause I knew that the regular pres principal was very insecure. Wouldn't, yeah. And literally she was, she was let go the next year too. Oh. So there was a reason for that, yeah. you know, and yeah. we, we all sort of knew it, you yeah. know, and, but anyway, one other positive thing, and then I'll get off of Calarva Hall Calarva. that I really learned a lot in, yeah. um, getting the parents on board. Yes. So one time, cause we knit, we did not go to PTA meetings at the, at night cause it was too dangerous. You know, they locked our cars up during sure. the day and, yes. and I did get, even got some few dents there, but yeah. uh, at night, no one came to the barrio at night, mm -mm. especially if you were white, yeah. you know, <laughs> and anyway, you know, and, but the Hispanic teachers, yeah. they wouldn't go either. No. Well, at that time, no, that no, is, it was, yeah, it's it was better that, now. Yeah, yeah, it's better. I, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's better, but, oh, okay. but, but I don't know. Anyway, so um, uh, what we did was I got the moms to come in for a little luncheon, and the kids served them in my room, and we talked about ways to have a have a rummage sale because they had a little carnival every oh, year yeah. at our at our school. So the gym, the uh, jungle gyms were like round, so you could put clothes on hangers on there. And so it would give them a little money. Oh my gosh! To see that orange bird. Oh, look, sorry guys, we're bird watchers. What is that? Baltimore Oriole. Oh, a Baltimore Oriole. Okay, sorry to interrupt. And that, you. that's very rare. Look at that. That is very rare. Guys, bright orange. And look, on, look underneath. It's the red flicker. The red flicker. Oh my okay. gosh. Okay, sorry. Wow, sorry guys. All right. So anyway, they All brought right. clothes so they could make money, and also the school would have a donation. And also they could get clothes because what I did is from my neighborhood, right. I said, give me everything you've got for kids that they've outgrown because yes. Texas, we don't have a lot of storage, no. you know, and so they, and they felt good about giving it to people that would actually use it, yes. especially children. Yeah. And uh, so we filled those jungle gyms up and cool. uh, it was really a good, yeah. a very good thing that happened yeah. out of it. Yeah. So that was a win. Cool. Yeah. So when you, yeah, the whole trick is to get parents engaged in a positive yes, way in their yes. child's learning so they can support you. So you were a pioneer for yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not, and I'm, right. I'm not saying they sat and did homework with them. But, oh, no, no. But they but, at least saw yeah. that what we were doing at we're school was yes. worthwhile. Yeah. That All we right. cared. So mm -hmm. how long are you at Carver Hall? Uh, I'm there about... Four to five years. Okay. Okay. And then you leave Texas. I leave Texas. I go to Minnesota for not very long, about a year and a half. Okay. About a year, really. It was enough for me to get <laughs> to go to college again and get some more certification. certification. Go and again, I'm working toward ESL and all right. these certifications. Okay. And then uh, in less than a year and a half, we're, we're assigned to Iowa for about I two years. This. And in Iowa... Again, wonderful yeah. supplies, wonderful everything. I've got, you know, and anything I want at okay. my fingertips. But at that school, I tell them about Bemidji Concordia Language Village. Yeah. The principal said, hey, I've got a van and I've got a bus. You know, let's go to that village. Wow. So I take my kids there, my Iowa kids. Yes. 
and it and they loved it. Of course, everybody loves it. The principal loves it. And uh, some of the kids learn how to go to that camp in the summer because uh, it is a regular camp. We yeah. went during the winter. And, oh, there's one thing I forgot to tell you about okay. this camp. Oh, my gosh, I forgot what they're called, Susan. Uh, there's a program where they take teachers from from Spanish-speaking countries, mm-hmm. and they come to the United States to live with teachers. Oh, that's right. You take them in your home, Yeah, right? it's an exchange program. It is. I cannot think of the name of it. I can't either. I'm so sorry. I'll, right. have, to, I'll have to look it up. I remember And that. uh, that's what they did. Yeah. And so what happens is during the winter, mm-hmm. these exchange teachers become the leaders of the camp. Awesome. And the, yes. the followers and the other leaders uh, Teachers are students from Concordia language. If they're in Spanish, they're in the Spanish camp. They're French, they're in the French, German, German, etc. So they get wonderful instruction too. Plus they have us who, you know, we're bringing the kids there. We're going to help out too. So the kids get resource after resource. The students of the university get resource after resource. The people from Spain and Mexico and Guatemala, they get wonderful resources because they're learning English. All right. Now you take these exchange teachers and they're in your classroom. And you have them. All right. Take your group. I'm going back to elementary. I'm telling you, they are the best teachers. Uh, They are good because they know how to do grouping. And you say, okay. You guys get to be with the Guatemalan teacher, you know, for an hour. I'll take the other group and then we go around. Can you, and guess what, guys? It helps me. It puts me in a higher level Spanish instead of True. Spanish one and two for the rest of my your, life. Your life, yes. Well, yeah. we can get stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. And you do. Because you do. Because that's the main, yep. the main classes. Yes. So it, it teaches, it keeps us up to date. Date as current as teachers, and it gives our students an incredible, you know, uh, uh, you know, immersion into the language and culture. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was my wonderful thing in Iowa. Then I get to go to Randolph in 1989. Uh, I teach there. And I'm in the, a middle school, and this I'm traveling. Is, this is a small, small school, like on the base. Yeah, on the base. Oh yes, it is a military okay. base. Hermetically yes. sealed. Yes. Uh, very easy to teach mm-hmm. there. Students are the only. The only thing is, they're coming at you at all times. They're coming in and out. So right, their tour duties start at different times. Right. And, uh, so that's the only it's an open door thing. <laughs> it's an open door. Yeah. Uh, and I love it because it's multicultural. Very multicultural. You know, uh, there's no race problem there no, at all. No, it's just you're American or not. You're an American and you believe in... You're a soldier. You're a soldier. You believe in the flag and you're yes. you're going to do the best you can. Yes. So, honestly, it, it, it was... It was e- nice. It was nice. Yeah. You could be a teacher. Yeah. Without all the discipline problems oh, yeah. and the yeah. poverty problems. True. Uh, yeah. Everybody had food. Everybody yes. had something to wear. Everybody's underwear was clean. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. it, you know, it was teaching. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you can laugh at that, but there are situations where yep, kids I was, just need I was there. clothes. Yeah. Yep, I was there. 
And uh, the thing about uh, this I was traveling and uh, they had never had a middle school teacher. So it was a start at the beginning, make up your own <laughs> units, that kind of thing. No book. Wow. Uh, that was the learning curve there. Yes. And uh, and then uh, the program got very big. So they had a, a, a elementary Spanish teacher at Randolph and they had a middle school yeah. Spanish teacher. And I was allowed to choose to become a high school Okay, which so I was yeah. I was really working toward and also to be an ESL teacher. Yes. So I, I had earned my stripes. There you go. And uh, when did we come in? When did you come in? 1993. Okay. All right. Then the Chihuahua Bats began. And it began <laughs> in a real funny way because my... God love my principal, you know, he really wasn't interested too much in Spanish, but I, he liked me Yes, he did. and he you. liked what I was doing with the kids, yes, you know, did. and no parent problems no. with kids. That That's was a good funny. thing. So anyway, he said, okay, I want you to choose your, your, uh, we're going to have enough room for another full-time high school teacher. And I thought, wow, this program's really growing. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, uh, I got on the phone with Susan, and we. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Susan, you started out because you, you, you know. <laughs> well, well, yeah. No, you're you're telling the truth. Um, I had been given a tip. Do you remember a, a lady named yeah. Lynn Bodet? Who I do. Said math I teacher. I think there's going to be an opening at the school, and here's the main number, and and and, and I call introduce myself and say, I understand you've got a, a Spanish position that's open. And, you know, if you, if you read my book, it kind of starts out and all I get is, um, um, can I put you on hold? And I'm like, well, sure. So I'm sitting on hold, you know, and then this male voice comes back on. He goes, um, yes, uh, I think we will have a, uh, a position. And I'm thinking, you think? And I said, well, may I speak to the principal or the curriculum advisor who right. will be doing the interviewing? And, and then again, I hear this, uh, um, well, well, um, well, you know, this is Mr. James. I'm the middle school. No, no, I, I'm the high school principal. Can I put you on hold again? And I was like, okay. And at this time, I'm kind of thinking, what the, who am I talking to? Because, and all the others, you know, I've been in bigger districts and it was just handled a little bit differently. So then he, he comes back and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to be interviewing. And I said, okay, so what time should I come? And, you know, he tells me one o'clock. So, you know, long story short, I, I get there and I kind of get his story. He's brand new. He's still doing coaching and and the secretary was out, new phone system. So it was just, you know, one of those things, his life was falling apart on the other end of the receiver. And on my end, I just thought, what? I'm yeah. talking to an idiot here because, you know, all I got was, uh, yeah. every time yeah. I asked a question. So anyway, that explained that. But uh, I remember him telling me we're going to um, have to interview the department chair. The other Spanish she cannot come in today. But will you talk to her on the phone? I said, absolutely. I'll talk to her on the phone. Oh, and I don't know if you remember the very thing oh, is Cheryl, yeah. like, he goes, you know, Cheryl, here's Susan Stanford. So I, I get on, she, you go, I'm so sorry, I can't come in. 
I am sitting in the middle of my living room on my ass, sweating it off, gluing <laughs> folders for my husband. So that's the first thing out of her mouth. So you learn right away that Cheryl's very direct. <laughs> and I laugh thinking, wow, that's the first interview I've ever had. <laughs> like that. So there we are. So we talked for like an hour and a half. We just and he was connected. evidently sitting at his desk. Well, I turned around playing, and playing solitaire <laughs> on his computer, and but I just started laughing. But he was patient. Very patient. Yeah, very was. patient. Yeah, he was. Bless so his So we heart. had to uh, get off the phone. But, but I right. never click with anybody like Susan. We that just was true. We you did. know, I just started saying, and this is what I want to do. Oh, I've already done this. Okay. Yeah. Or vice versa. Right, whatever. right, right. And it was just such excitement. To yeah. finally share with someone my love for Spanish, Spanish. the culture, yeah. and what we're going to do, where we're going to travel. I mean, it was the whole gamut. Yeah. So when I came to in-service, I'd never seen Susan. Oh, yeah. So so there were two or three new teachers, yeah. and I rushed out there. And, of course, we, we looked. You know, we're just, we're not dressed. Well, I'm dressed professionally thinking this is. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> yeah. And I pull up and I, I lady, I don't know, it's Cheryl, obviously. And she's in shorts and a t-shirt and tennis shoes. And I see her little skinny freckled legs and she's running across the campus going, hey, are you the new Spanish teacher? <laughs> this, I mean, I'm trying to. The theater teacher, she's like, no, I don't teach. Well, you've got brown hair and glasses. That's all I know about this yeah, lady. Well, yeah, hi, bye. Okay. Bye, bye. I'll talk to you later. And she runs into the building. Yes. That was so funny. <laughs> so, so I finally find Susan. Yes. And um, we're just we're yeah. together from then on. From then on, yes. Yeah. Yes, it was, it was a match made in heaven. Yes, so. it was. It was made yes. in heaven. Right. And then Susan. Yes. Oh, all right, God, we've done so much. I don't know. We have. It's in well, your it's in your book. It is in the book. Yeah, yeah. we don't need to explain that. No. So, you know, looking back, advice, you know, when people tell me, you know, oh yeah, I, I'm gonna go into teaching, I, I have to say in my brain, I don't say it out loud, I'm kinda like, ooh, are you sure about that? Not because it's a bad thing, but it's just it's, I'm so afraid they don't understand what they're getting into. Just the creative side, no telling what kind of assignments they've given you, uh, the politics of it all. Sometimes you have a principal that's very, you know, engaging with teachers. Other times they're just very directorial, you know, checking mm. the boxes. And, yeah. and I, I almost think, oh, gosh, you know, are you sure you want to go into that? So what advice? And I think you kind of touched did, on I it did. about. Yeah. Guys, you gotta I, love the kids. You just have to love them. You really do. And right. stay away from the negative. Just stay away from it because yeah. there's so many whiners and you yeah. know. And I'm talking teachers right yeah. here. Right. Yeah. And besides parents, you know, yes. a whole shot. And uh, right. and uh, love the kids. Stay away from negative and right. just socialize with the best of the best because they're out there. They are there and they just yes. they're looking for people too. Right. And just don't think that because you get your summers off, you don't get your summers off. Oh, no. That no, is no. just a joke. That's a misnomer. It's there. a misnomer. That's <laughs> when we traveled. That's when oh, we did yeah. workshops. That's when we did. We created units. The created I mean, units. Yeah. We right. actually did books. Pigs can fly. That's we when did. we did that. And we, we did, did so many uh, yeah. things that we benefited from. Right. And also, yeah. if you have a chance to tutor summer school, whatever. Do it. And your summer is short. 
Yeah. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. You know, the programs are getting, um, and yeah. some of them are not beneficial no. where you just have to hold your breath, get through it, right. you know, and, uh, and now for me, honestly, and this yes. is what I tell Susan, yeah. you haven't heard from me very much. And I'll tell you why yeah. I am not into, and it's not because I don't want to, it's just, it wasn't there. I am not into the new computer zoom and all that and the um, apps and the digital right? no i am right. not a right. digital teacher i'm still doing the whiteboard or the chalkboard <laughs> yeah. and uh the charts you yes. know the charts yeah. and um uh and the group the grouping which i think right. everybody needs to still do yes. i'm not saying that but yeah. but that other is really in your face now guys yeah it's not going away nope and I, I cannot help you with it. Susan can, because she just recently retired. Yeah. So I just sort of back off. I can, I can tell you some student-teacher relationships that will be helpful forever. Yes. Because they never change. No. But the other, <coughs> this is Susan's. This is Susan's walk now. Well, yeah, and and, it, and the frustration there is technology is not going away, and you know, the apps and the extensions and the software is always changing. So that's that's not always a good thing because you just get comfortable with something and then the district says, you know, I think we're going to go with this kind of program. And it, it takes up your time is what it does. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to stay one step ahead of the kiddos. And so if you're constantly learning, which mm -hmm. is a good thing, uh, for me, I just want to be comfortable with whatever programs I want to use in the classroom. I don't want to have to stop and go, okay, why is this not working? Okay, you know, call IT. IT yeah. can't always just rush right over. So those are the downsides of using technology. But you and I have always agreed, no matter what's, in style, right? You got to mix it up. You I think to. that oh we found God. that even you know when these cool digital programs were coming in, sometimes the kids just really honestly wanted to do like a three by three where they wrote their vocab, That's Spanish, right. English, Spanish. They yeah. they liked flashcards. <laughs> they really did. Yeah. So we kept it real and mixed it up. You know, we've always said if if, if all you do is a textbook. That gets boring. If all you do are worksheets, that gets boring. If Get all them out you, of the seat. Yeah. If all you do is lecture, okay, that can. So even if all you do is Zoom or all you do is this one particular program, it's going to get boring. So you yeah. have to mix it up, uh, and and you need to meet learning styles. You know, you you've got to. tactile learners, you've got auditory, and it's hard because you got twenty thirty in the class. Yeah. Um, you know. I always say on you know on any given day uh, I actually get to teach some Spanish. Yeah. So oh, I'm lucky no, no. because often as you started out in your career you are teaching positive behaviors or, or different ways mm. to think about a situation. Right. I mean that has really been magnified these days. So um, yeah. So I mean even though you're not using the technology programs, it, it, it it's okay because you know. There, there are other ways to get the Well, you need across. to know both. You do. You yeah. do need to know both. And uh -huh. I, I feel sorry for the people and the students who have never lived without technology. Right. Yeah. Kids nowadays have never really been without a no. cell phone or a computer or a tablet. Right. Right. And so, uh, and there are teachers that way. I will mm. never, I will remember when I was in my last district, you know, and I was, I was older in my fifties by then. And the IT guy came by and said, uh, talking about programs, and they were really making a push for IT. And 
<laughs> and he was assigned as a liaison. You know, you can use this program. And he said, you're our, our number one technology teacher. And I nearly fainted. I said, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way. He said, no, I'm, you use more of these programs than anyone in the school. I said, there's, there's no way. I'm old, you know. I said, what about these new interns? He said, well, you know, they use social programs quite a bit. Uh-huh. But as far as these apps and extensions, yeah, those are our dachshunds, Frankie and Molly. Thank you. But as far as actually learning the academic digital programs, mm-hmm. they did not know it. And I, I was just floored. I thought, how in the world? I said, I'm the oldest lady here. Can I be the most technology yeah. proficient teacher? Blew my mind. But what it said to me was never be afraid to get out and try some of the new tools and that in the profession and what you have said is that you're always learning. You yeah, never always. stop learning. Always. And if you and there are people that hate that. I was talking with a colleague and They're she had insecure, a, though. dear so friend and it was insecurity. like you know, you're going to have to kind of use some of the bells and whistles. And they're like, well, if I do this, they're going to want me to do more. And so if you get in that mindset of, nope, Mm-mm. this is all I'm going to do, nope. no yep. matter what career you're in, it's probably time to leave. So yep. you have to be willing to try yep. so you know what to throw away and what, what to use mm-hmm. again. And so that's why the career, the profession has become so overwhelmingly hard and time consuming. Is because, yeah. like you said, if you love your subject, you love it enough to be creative and yep. you love it enough to make others love it. That's right. And that's real different than just standing up and saying, okay, today we're going to do Yeah, pass the papers. One. There you go. Yeah, no, that's so, no good. So, and that's how we became, I guess, you know, Chihuahua Bats. We just mm-hmm. found that love for creating Actually, you know, situations and scenarios, you know, here's yeah. the vocab. Okay, we've practiced it. We've done whatever. So how now can let's, we use it? Let's use it. Let's mm-hmm. apply it. And so that creative energy took a lot because we that's why we traveled. We wanted to make it real, not mm-hmm. what we thought it would be in right. country. So that's right. That's how we tried to do authentic. Yeah. yeah. So, we brought Rayalia back. That they we could did. actually touch things. That we did. Spanish on them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they love that. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, I want to thank you for your journey. I know it's really uh, impacted my teaching as I listen to thank you. Thank how you. you started out and amazing how really we were in two parts of the United States, but yeah. our careers and our lives really paralleled. And that was a real aha yeah. for us. Yeah. So anyway, I want to thank you for sharing your journey again. If you guys you know, have any questions or anything, we'll... Uh, We'll be glad to answer. Uh, my time here in Wisconsin is winding down, and uh, I'll head back to Texas. And then about September, I'll come back and, and fetch us. So, as we like to say, say dare, dare to, to be, be a Chihuahua, Chihuahua bat. bat.